critical race theory is not a conspiracy theory, and it's not just something that happens in the US. It's here in Canada, in our classrooms, being taught to our children. Canadians need to know about this, and they must remain vigilant against this threat. I'm Candice Malcolm, and this is The Candice Malcolm Show. everyone, thank you so much for tuning in. Now you know that at True North, we, we focus a lot on the sort of woke left and the menace and the threat that they pose to our society. Um, they, they, they are radical. The things that they believe are against, they're fundamentally against the, 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 the foundations of a free society. And, and there's so many problems that arise from that. Our own Sue Ann Levy, reporter with True North, uh, has been on the front lines of reporting uh, this issue in the various school districts. Uh, but today I wanted to take a step back and try to wrap our heads around what exactly this word means. It's sort of a buzzword, uh, critical race theory. You hear about it a lot in the US, not so much in Canada, but, but it is very much here. It is very much present and we see it in, in so many of the different strange policies uh, that are coming out specifically in Ontario, but, but frankly, all across the country. So I'm very pleased today to be joined by Samuel Say. Samuel is a scholar and writer based in Brampton, Ontario. He founded the website slowtowrite.com and has covered numerous issues with biblical theory relating to race, culture, and politics. Samuel has been published on The Daily Wire, TheBlaze.com, The Christian Post, and many more. So Samuel, thank you so much for joining the Candice Malcolm Show. It's great to have you back. Thank you for having me back again. I, I appreciate it. So I, I know, uh, you know we've, we've had you on the show before and there's a lot of different things that you write about, but I think the thing that you are most known for, the thing that I first learned about your writing and, and first read your work uh, was uh, on critical race theory. And so I'm hoping that you could just help us understand because it's sort of a buzzword, it's sort of an academic word that, that or, or phrase that, that you know many people just aren't really familiar with. So can you just, you know, for, for someone who's never heard of it before, has no idea what it is, can you, can you walk us through uh, what this theory is and what it tries to do? Yeah. Yeah. Um, as you mentioned, some suggest that critical race theory is this uh, conspiracy theory um, um, that the, the conservatives or the right are trying to use um, against the, the woke left, but it's not true. It really is a very popular ideology and philosophy within our culture. Essentially, um, if you've heard of things like white privilege, systemic racism, um, you know, equity, those are all related to um, critical race theory. Essentially, critical race theory is originally from um, legal scholars uh, in America. Um, it was people like Derek Bell or Kimberly Crenshaw are the founders of critical race theory. It, it was started in the 70s. Uh, as a as a reaction to the civil rights movement, actually, they believe that the civil rights movement uh, was not good enough. The civil rights movement, led by Martin Luther King Jr., um, taught on um, being impartial. Uh, it taught on, you know, really um, affirming Western values of impartiality. And they say no, impartiality is actually a an illusion. It's it's uh, actually racist. So, which is why, for example, they oftentimes talk about. Uh, colorblindness being a myth and really racism. So they really much hate uh, colorblindness. Now, I will mention a quote from uh, Ibram Kendi, who is... And, and sorry, when you say colorblindness, you don't mean literal colorblindness, right? You mean you mean that in, in, a, in a metaphorical sense, correct? Of course, yeah. I mean, <laughs> yeah, so critical race theorists try to make it seem as if when we talk about being colorblind, um, that we're trying to say that, no, no, we don't see color. Well, that's ridiculous, right? Of course we see color. What we're saying is we're repeating what Martin Luther King Jr. believed, which is that we don't judge people based on their skin color, but, but on their character. But they hate that because they do believe that we should treat people based on their skin color. So Ibram Kendi, um, who, as I mentioned, is a leading scholar 
uh, on uh, critical race theory alongside Robin D'Angelo. Um, he mentioned in his book, How to Be an Anti-Racist, that, um, that racism is only wrong if it leads to inequity. But racism, or, or in his exact words, racial discrimination is good if it leads to equity, right? And he says that um, past discrimination has to be met with present or future discrimination. These are his exact words from his book, How to Be an Anti-Racist, which I call How to Be a Racist. Um, so, you know, so critical race theory really is teaching that discrimination against people, really against white people, to bring about equity, which is, equity sounds like equality, and in the past it was synonymous with equality, but within critical race theory, what it really means is equality of outcome between ethnic or racial groups. So. Now, just to kind of bring it all home, critical race theory basically is saying that uh, Western society, America, Canada, um, uh, is fundamentally uh, designed by white supremacists for white people. And that because of that, it will always, and Derek Bell says this, that America will always be racist. It will always be oppressive towards black people, always. He says that the only, the whole point of trying to be anti-racist is to, is to try to minimize that but that America as it stands, and by extension, Canada as it stands, our values uh, are racist systemically and culturally. Therefore, in their minds, we need a revolution against these systems to destroy the system, to abolish the systems that we have, the prisons, uh, the police, uh, everything, um, in order for us to have a equitable or anti-racist society. I mean, th there's so many things you can say about, about this worldview in some ways, it's, it's devastating because if you buy into this theory and, and, and so many schools, as we'll talk about, so many schools in the US and Canada already have, and they teach in critical race theory today. I, I mean, if, if that's your view, that no matter what we do and no matter how hard we try and no matter how tolerant we become of one another, how much we learn from one another, how much we try to improve and constantly strive, right? The, the, the beauty of what Martin Luther King taught was that he, he, he believed that the American ideals were just and righteous and that we needed to work harder to live up to those ideals and, and those were the ideals that he wanted us all to share in together um us and canada by extension uh wh whereas the way, the way that these people view the world it's it's like it doesn't matter what we do uh we're all racist and uh not, you know the, the the idea is that we have to start again and it's like well, what is that going to look like right like when it comes to equity samuel uh, I, I didn't really know what they were talking about at first, because when I think of equity, I think of, you know, the value of your home or something like that, like a financial uh, term. But they're talking about equity as opposed to um, quality. And they, and they had these these like handy little uh, picture graphics and we can throw one up on the screen. And, and, and it's like so simplistic. It's like, oh, wow, OK, equality is like these two kids on a ladder. One's tall, so they can't see over the fence. And the other one, uh, you know, all we have to do is give that second kid a taller ladder. And it's like. It, you know, they make it seem like it's so simple, right? All we have to do is just provide these taller ladders for these kids. But it's like, that's that's not a real solution. Like what, what you're actually talking about, your point is equality of outcomes. So, so, so someone in micromanaging every aspect of our life to say like, it doesn't matter if you're, um, you know, not as, not as, uh, not as hardworking or not as competent or not as capable or not as intelligent. We all want everyone to have equal outcome. And then and that's starting to feel a lot more like communism. So, I just, I just wonder, like, what, um, you know, what, what, what is it that critical race theorists are trying to accomplish? Yeah, it's really as simple as you said. It's communism. Um, when the the graphic you mentioned, which and I'm sure we'll talk about this, but it's actually being shared across kids as early as kindergarten. That graphics that you mentioned in Ontario. 
Well, it looks like it's designed for kids, right? It's it's super, it's a cartoony, kid-friendly. Whenever I see it on social media, and they share it all the time, people on the lab, it's like, it's so simple. It's like, oh yeah, don't we all just want to live in a world where everyone can see over the fence, right? <laughs> exactly, exactly. Uh, but it really is, uh, as you said, that it's really communism. Um, equity, um, the way to understand it is really borrowed from the Marxist concept of, you know, of equality of outcome for all people. Um, and in fact, when you when you when we hear the word woke, which is associated with critical race theory, it's really a modern version of class consciousness. Uh, to be woke is that the oppressed has become conscious of their oppression. That's really what it means to be woke. And uh, so, critical race theory, what they do want is they they believe that all non-white people are oppressed. Therefore, they want to make all non-white people woke or conscious to their oppression, and then to advocate to changing all the systems, these good systems that I as an immigrant um, left uh, my country with my mom to come to Canada to, to be privileged um, in, in these good systems, capitalist, capitalist free, impartial uh, systems that we have in Canada. Um, they want to abolish all of that so that in their mind, people like me um, can become um, you know, a beneficiary of of uh, discriminating against white people and taking some of the some of their um, you know their wealth and things like that they've been, that they've been accumulating um, um, themselves and give it to me as some um, evil form of justice in their mind. Well, I mean, it, it's like it's 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 again, it's hard to wrap your head around what they what they actually want um, because, like you say, the end the end outcome looks pretty. Uh, nefarious and, and to your point you know people do move from all over the world to come to Canada because they see it as a free and fair society uh, I remember during the George Floyd riots Samuel we saw a lot of articles in Canada um, talking kind of almost like trying to it's like they, they had like envy like that looking at the US system where there is police brutality and there is a lot of disparity between uh, some black communities in the mainstream um, and, and it was like the Canadians were trying to show how bad things were here too. And, and I remember seeing some articles, uh, you know, talking about how how black people fared in Canada. And I remember looking at the data myself, thinking like, this is actually amazing. Like, like I think it's fifty percent, fifty six percent of the uh, black population in Canada are first generation immigrants, meaning that they they themselves or their parents chose Canada. You know, how, how bad of a place can Canada actually be if all these people are choosing to come here? And then even of that. Um, when you looked at the incomes, you know, relative to other immigrants, relative to the Canadian average, it was like is, these communities are doing pretty, pretty good. We should be, we should be happy about that. Obviously, we should strive to make sure that everyone has opportunities. But it, it's just sort of to, to me what they're teaching. What fundamentally what they're teaching is to to little black children out there uh, that no matter how hard they try, no matter how smart they are, no matter how intelligent they are, how hard they work, um, they're never going to be successful. And, and then they're teaching little white kids that, that there's something wrong with them, that they're inherently oppressive and, and that their society is, is evil and that, that, like, you know, it's like no, no, one, no one can benefit from this. It's such, an, it's such a poisonous thing to teach to little kids. I, I wonder, how, how did this creep into our schools, Samuel? Where, where did this come from and, 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 and what can parents do um, when, when they hear about this kind of stuff? Yeah, um, so... It's so the and um, I've done some, of course, uh, research on this stuff and critical race theory has been 
um, part of Ameri uh, Canada's school system, at least in, at the university or college level since the 90s. Um, I mean, a lot of the top, uh, even to this day, uh, but since from the 90s, a lot of the top um, um, law schools in Canada have been teaching critical race theory for some time. It, so even though, even though critical race theory just became uh, part of the Canadian, um, I guess, consciousness over the last five years or so, it's been around for a long time. And it wasn't really till the Black Lives Matter riots, um, not last year actually, but in uh, 2015, 2014 uh, with Michael Brown in Ferguson, that you started seeing a huge push in America and in Canada for critical race theory at a mainstream level uh, for children as early as kindergarten. Um, so, so it's been around for a long time, and those so it, and it's usually police brutality or at least accusations of police brutality that leads to um, these these ideas becoming more accepted. But for parents, uh, one of the things they need to do, and I've seen many of this um, happening is that parents just need to call their schools, call their local school boards and just ask them um, about the curriculum. They will be shocked that the vast majority of schools in Canada, and I really do mean Canada, I don't, know, I don't just mean Ontario, I mean Canada as a whole are teaching critical race theory. I've had parents reaching out to me from every single province in this country saying that um, they've asked their school uh, what is being taught um, um, to, the, to, the, to the children and uh, some of them will deny it, but in their words, it's pretty obvious they're teaching, teaching critical race theory, including Christian schools or Catholic schools. So if even these schools be teaching critical race theory, can only imagine what's being taught to your children at public schools. Well, I remember a couple of years ago, Jordan Peterson sort of advising parents in one of his videos, like, tell your kids that if they hear the teacher talk about things like white privilege, uh, your, your child should get up and walk out of the classroom. That, that was what he advised. And I, I, I don't know if parents are doing that now, but we've got a bunch of examples of, of CRT in schools. So Ottawa is debating whether or not to ban the singing of O Canada in schools because they say it's oppressive. Uh, Lord of the Flies, the book, was removed from schools in Ottawa. Um, an anti-Black agenda. And, and I put that in, in quotations because this is the thing that, that, that these people do. You know, they call themselves anti-racist. They call themselves anti-Black. And then if you oppose them, it's like, well, then you must be racist and you must be anti-black because they're anti-black racist. But 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 that, but that's what their agenda is. They're being pushed in Hamilton, and then we saw that the crazy story of waiting weighted voting. I don't know if you saw this out in Halton, where depending on your skin color, your vote is worth more on on school boards. Um, you know, I, I think this is the kind of thing that parents uh, would, would would just be kind of outraged. Oh, another one. Someone sent me this the other day because I've got a little baby and someone sent me that uh, there's a book out called The Anti-Racist Baby by Imbram X. Kennedy. And I, I flipped through it. It's, it's interesting because, uh, the, it, you know, it's, it's a number one New York Times bestseller. I'm sort of trying to indoctrinate babies, uh, read this to little kids about how they live in a racist world. Um, but, I, but I did like how the, 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 the ratings, the Google review ratings of this book is 13% of people like this. So even though, you know, it's the New York Times talk of the town bestseller, uh, when it comes to actual parents reading this kind of stuff, being like, why would I, why would I read this to my baby? Like, it's so wild. I, I have that book uh, and I bought that book <laughs> because it really, so, that, so I mentioned Abraham Kennedy's book, How to Be an Anti-Racist. Well, that's the kid's, that's the kid's version of that. And that book, I kid you not, is being read across all Ontario to kindergarten um, students. So, and again, and this is all um, I've received internal documents from teachers uh, in Peel and in Toronto who are telling me this, that they're being compelled to read that book, which is teaching kids, is teaching especially white kids that they are racist and they need to uh, accept this and then be an ally with black people or non-white uh, non people. 
So it's wild. So uh, like, do you think this, this idea is popular? Because so many of the people I see pushing this, to be completely honest, are, are not black people. You know, it's, it's, it's white people. It's, it's sort of the white guilt kind of thing that people feel like this is what they must do. It's the latest uh, trendy iteration of leftist ideology. Do you think this idea resonates? The, the idea that, that, that people um, who aren't white need to be woke and fight back against the system? And then also, in the U.S., this has become a huge issue. It's, it's become a public debate. And, and yes, a lot of people say it's a Republican conspiracy theory, but we, we've actually seen states ban the teaching in, in the U.S. Do you think there's any, anything like that coming in Canada? Do you think there's any, any political leader or, or any political movement out there to say, hey, we don't want this stuff at our schools in Canada either? Unfortunately, uh, no. I don't see that at all. Uh, because so, so I've said this, actually, and it shocks many people, but critical race theory is just as popular here as it is or as it is in America, if not more popular. Uh, the reason why I say it's more popular is because in the U.S. you actually have some pushback um, against it. Over here, we don't have a lot at all. I know you guys have been fighting against it. I know that um, some conservatives are against it. But the, 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 the mainstream conservative movement here is not fighting against it at all. In fact, I know some politicians, um, some of the conservative um, uh, politicians have pushed critical race theory and have been saying um, some of these ideas on social media and on their platforms. So uh, unfortunately, I don't see any of that happen. I, I would be very glad to see that, but it would be a huge shock to me. Um, you know, so uh, that's, yeah, so, so it's unfortunate in that case, but I don't see that changing. Right. Well, I mean, a lot of this is happening in Ontario, which is currently run by a progressive conservative government. But what about the, the idea that, that this is sort of designed to, um, you know, the class consciousness and awaken um, people of other of other races to sort of what revolt against the, the system? Do, do you think that that's having an impact? Do you think that it's, uh, you know, you know it's, it's sort of designed um, to tempt you, you wrote this once that critical race theory is a sinful ideology that can tempt people like me, people who reject critical race theory to sin. So, so, so it's designed to tempt people like you. Um, do you think it's working? Do you think that, that it is a, a lot of new Canadians or people who aren't white uh, that, 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 that buy into this ideology and, and, and that it guides them? Absolutely. You mentioned earlier about the first generation Canadians. It's not tempting them at all. Um, but the second generation um, Canadians are absolutely being tempted by it. I know many, many, most of my friends have, have embraced critical race theory. It's influencing how they view other Canadians, no doubt about it. Uh, there was a poll uh, last year um, that said that 54% of Canadians believe that Canada is systemically racist. That's actually the same number as it is in America. Um, so so that, that includes, of course, uh, black Canadians, immigrant Canadians, and white Canadians. Um, now, the most uh, the most vocal people for critical race theory in America and Canada happens to be white women, <laughs> and that's because I think a lot of white women are um, you know are influenced by Robin DiAngelo, who is a white woman uh, who is next to Ibram Kendi, the biggest voice on critical race theory right now. But also, uh, white guilt tends to be very appealing to white women. Um, who feel basically bad about being white and believe that well they can become they can be um, they can be seen as you know the better white people if they would just you know be an advocate um, for for black people but really it's just pride it's just arrogance it's just virtue signaling and they're not really considering what they're really saying many of them are becoming more racist against their parents um, but they're not really understanding that they're really being racist they just think that they're being anti-racist.
Well, and, and we've seen this so often that so many, so often the, the most racist people are the sort of woke leftist white people who preach a, a, about it. I mean, someone like Justin Trudeau, who, who talks a good game about diversity and then in his own private life, he likes to, uh, you know, paint his face, face black and go out and, and celebrate that way. Like, uh, or, or, you know, when you're talking about the, the white women, I don't know if you ever saw this. There was a, I think it was in the New York Times. There was a story about how um, these women would organize like really expensive dinner parties and they'd hire one of these ladies to come and, and give a seminar basically where they could like air their their racist thoughts and, 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 and learn about how they're actually racist. And there was one woman who who was actually uh, an adoptive parent and she had adopted a, a child who's black. And the whole idea was that even though she has her own black child, that is racist. It is racist. Um, to adopt someone from a different race and to love them uh, as a child, which, you know, it's like, how, how far have we gone in this, in this, in this ideology where everything is about race, every, like, like that's all that matters. <laughs> Nothing else matters. Your character, your qualities, what you, how you live your life, how, how you act in the world, your day-to-day, -day, uh, you know, virtues, none of it matters. The only thing that matters is, is your skin color, which to me seems like, racist it seems regressive and and, and i think that, that that that's how i would describe this whole movement yeah i I'll, I'll tell you i think you know our society we've we've suggested that racism or being anti-racist is um, the most important thing you can be in this world therefore that means that they're telling people that the best way for them to feel good about themselves is to be anti-racist which includes lying to themselves about being racist when they're not um the vast majority of all these people are not at least traditionally racist they become racist by embracing uh, critical race theory and anti-racism but originally they weren't and that's, that's a scary thing I, i've been seeing um if I told you the number of people who've called me an Uncle Tom or a coon, um, and mostly from white people, you'd be shocked by it. It's almost a daily occurrence on social media and sometimes in person, but I'm a big guy. So that's 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 rare. People don't say that in person, but for the most part, it's online. And um, and it's it's mostly coming from white people. And it, it's, it's quite shocking. Um, it's, it's stopped being shocking now, but it's alarming when white people are telling me in racist terms how much they love black people more than I do. Um, but that's what critical race theory is doing. Well, I'm, I'm sorry to hear that. It's despicable. And I, I mean, it, I, I can say that I've seen it too uh, online and, and, and in the other way, you know, all these men who claim to be feminists and claim to want more women empowered, uh, you know, as soon as they don't agree with you, they're, they're more than happy to call you really disgusting names and, and denigrate you. Well, you know, I, I, I feel like one of the things that conservatives need to do to fight against critical race theory is come up with our own kind of narrative, like this idea that no, Canada isn't an irredeemably racist country. Yes, we've had our own history. We've had ups and downs. There have been bad, bad actors and good actors and, and, and bad initiatives and good initiatives. But, you know, at the end of the day, we should celebrate what we have in common, the, the things we've done right and strive to, to, to be better. So what, what, what do you think that, that conservatives and, and not even conservatives per se, but just people who reject this sort of race, racist um, obsession that, that is going on, um, race exception with quick racer, what, what, what do you think that we can do um, to fight back against this dangerous trend? And what, what do you think a better narrative that we can be telling uh, little kids about our society would be? A big part is what you already uh, referenced, which is this, um, you know, my, my, my tribe, I'm, I'm, uh, I'm Fonte uh, in Ghana, and we were, uh, many of my distant relatives were taken as slaves, including people who have my, my last name. Um, I, I saw a slave ship with people uh, with my last name say um, on it and these would be my distant relatives so 
um, they were taking over by force over the Atlantic um, into the, into the, the new world. I see that. And then I see me many years ago, um, willingly, happily with my mom flying over the Atlantic uh, to come to this great country. And that, that's a gap of 200 years where not people, Africans were being forced out of their homes into this new world and then over the Atlantic. And now we are willingly, very glad to leave everything we, we love and um, you know, in, in our original nations to come to Canada. That's, that's what's happened. And critical race theory is, 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 is trying to destroy that, is trying to say that no, Canada is still racist. Canada has always been racist and Canada will always be racist. And that's wrong. Um, that is destroying uh, peace between people uh, in our nation. And that's not good. Uh, Canada talks about how diverse we are. Well, this diversity is going to be destroyed um, if we embrace critical race theory, which is teaching us that, well, Canada is always going to be racist. And therefore, we need to be discriminated against white people. Well, I, I couldn't have said it any better myself. That's that was so um, eloquent. And you're right. They they try to erase 200 years of progress and, and say that we're just as bad as, as, as it was back then today. Well, uh, Samuel say thank you so much for joining the show. It's really helpful, uh, really clear to help uh, to have you break everything down for us. So thank you so much for joining us. Thank you. All right. Thank you so much for tuning in. I'm Candace Malcolm, and this is the Candace Malcolm Show.